0: Here we are, first show, fresh out of Florida. My name is Chris Williams. I am joined by the star of the show, Gio Selzy. Is it? Do you want to do Gio or Giovanni?
1: Well, my mom's gonna get mad if you call me Gio. She really. Not, she said I named you Giovanni for a reason, not Gio. She'll even get pissed off when I have Gio on my shirts. Because I always just called you Gio. Everyone does, but. Yeah. Well you'll make my mom happy if you call me Giovanni. <laughs>
0: the KCP guys who introduced me to you call you Gio.
1: Yeah, everyone does. It's Gio, dickhead, asshole, yeah. whatever you want to call me all. And, and again, you so
0: you're already celebrating the fact that we can cuss here. Yeah,
1: exactly. It,
0: this isn't dirt vision.
1: There's no beat there's no seven second delay <laughs> beat button, that's for sure. No. Welcome to our first show,
0: everybody. This is exciting. I've been I've had this idea ever since we started Always Race Day. And to, I want to do these driver shows. I always looked at it like these, these teams, like I'm a Iowa state cyclone fan. They have like the cyclone coaches show. And I've always thought that you dirt drivers could really utilize this to reach fans more. But then you and me got to know each other and we're like, man, I think that this could be a lot more where it's just a couple of guys just bullshitting and, and talking about racing, which we're both passionate about. And then you come at it from a driver's perspective. You've been at it in your whole life. I've been a guy who always wanted to be in it, but wasn't good enough. Uh, but I, I come at it from a fan of the media perspective. So we may argue about some things, which I think will be good. I'm fired <laughs> up for this.
1: Yeah, me too. I think the the one I remember the most is is uh, Open Red. I think Open Red was good for a while. Ross Weiss and I believe Justin Fiedler who owns dirt or does Dirt Track Digest or Dirt Tracker, I think did it. Yeah, now. yeah. And, and it came back and went away and came back. And uh, it was cool because they had guys like Doug Wolfgang and, and Donnie Schatz and really cool guys on it. Um, but I feel like podcasting has come a long way. I don't know if you call it, I guess you call it a podcast, Open Red Podcast, but I think it's come a long way from there and I feel like needs a, a bit of a new format for sprint car racing. Yeah, and all racing, really.
0: Absolutely. Also, I want to encourage everybody as we get started. A lot of you will be listening on the Selsy says podcast feed. We are gonna put video of these shows up on the Always Race Day YouTube page. Okay. So go to Always Race Day on YouTube and, and what we will have is the outlaws of they're going to give us video of you so we're going to be able to show highlights and do all that good stuff we don't have that this week because everybody is down in florida still for speed weeks you just got back for that we'll we'll talk about that and kind of recap everything but this this is a passion project for me i this is what my like aiden's our producer it's like my ninth show that i do every week now but this I promise you, this will be the one that I'm like itching and clawing to get to. I already, I taken, I could do like a four hour show with you on <laughs> off season stuff without the racing. You will learn this about me, Geo, is that I, I'm more into the business and the back end of all this stuff than I am actually the
1: racing. Yep. I'm Oftentimes sure there'll be times where we're an hour and a half in, and so we say, "Oh my God, we have to stop." We, <laughs> yeah, I need I need to go somewhere. You need to go eat something,
0: well, and we'll do this too when you're on the road. Yeah. So the cool aspect about the podcasting technology now is you could be in Pennsylvania and I could be here in Des Moines, yep. but we're going to try and do it face to face as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, I even think we could grow to do some like live like Indy Five Hundred race watches and stuff like to. that. Yeah.
1: Anytime you can have different content like that, I think would help.
0: So, anyways, how you you just get back from Florida? Uh, I was watching High Limit last night, and it, oh man, the, I could do a whole show on that, the High Limit Outlaws <laughs> thing. How you Your second in points coming out of that, you didn't get a win, but you feel good. I, you were consistent.
1: Yeah, we were 402nd points leaving there last year. so. Um, That's true. You know, I didn't think about it like yeah, that. Took a provisional the very first night in 2023 to start the Outlaw campaign, which was pretty atrocious. I was, I was about ready to fly back to Fresno after that week. So um, to unload as fast as we did, I felt like it. It just goes to show how much time adam put in um you know last year we had Jet carney working for us which last year was a, a very important building year i feel like for the whole team and jet was a big part of that decided to go home and do something else but bob curtis new new car chief came in and i felt like was a great right hand man to adam um you know behind every great crew chief there's a good car chief that he trusts so bob's been around a long time but uh you know tuesday was interesting when we tested i feel like when you when you test a wing sprint car you can almost dial yourself out more than you can really make yourself faster because there's no dirty air you're racing a clock typically on a racetrack that's nowhere near what you're going to race on so we ran three to i don't know we ran three sessions went out twice each session so six sessions and i felt like we almost kind of didn't get worse but made some changes that i don't think really helped us and kind of just said hey why don't we just let's just test on race day which sounds dumb but you know the only time you really figure out how the car works is when you're actually racing it yeah. so um had a really four awesome nights ran seventh fourth fourth and fourth so to leave you know you know you don't want to really count your chickens before they hatch but to be in the hunt and the points I think you can dig yourself a really big hole in Florida and be a race or two out of it before you even leave those four races so um we're in the hunt I think uh I think the races like Volusia like world finals where there's 50 cars you know you can have a bad night where you miss the show or have to use the provisional which typically when there's 20 to 30 cars chances are you're not really going to finish much worse than 10th or 12th and that's only you know 18 to 20 points so making up 80 100 points is damn near impossible I mean look at gravel and and Brad sweet the last couple of years their points championships has come down within within 40 or 50 points of the last race over an 80 race series with no chase no countdown nothing like that so a, a true point series over the 80 races is is amazing that it's that hard to gain points and guys like brad sweet and david gravel donnie shots that have won championships they don't have very many dnfs they don't really yeah. have bad nights their bad nights are eighth sixth twelfth on a, on a really shitty night
0: so you're uh, how do you how do you define points racing versus racing for wins because you're obviously trying to win but I mean I, I haven't watched you long enough but I've seen guys who it's like, they'll do anything for a win their first couple of years. And then they just get smarter and they're more conservative. I, I certainly don't think you race conservatively. I, (laughs) I, that's not what I'm saying, but
1: it, it is, it's a different mindset, right? It is. Um, you know, I've, I've never been in the position to win a season long championship. Never, you know, last year was my first time racing, really a point series since narc, which was like a 20 race series back when I was 15 years old. So, um, you're one of the favorites. Like, I mean, if I, if I'm a Vegas odds maker right now, you're
0: <laughs> one of the top four guys for sure.
1: You know, and you know, you always look at yourself as, as you know, you get asked, what are your goals for the year? Or, what do you expect to do? And and if you're not trying to win the championship or expect yourself to win the championship, then why are you racing? Um, you know, obviously you want to win every time you go on the racetrack and you got to have realistic goals as well for what your team can do. But at the same time, we have all the resources we have the funding the engines the, the people to win a championship so why not us that's, that's kind of the way i look at it and david gravel he's obviously paid his dues um he's been out here you know 11 or 12 years logan shuhart those guys have won big races but at the same time they have the same equipment i have so so why shouldn't i beat them you know
0: yeah well it, it is um always interesting when you guys unload in february do you did you learn anything about your your team this year at all or is it still too early um, uh, you know, like, would you, do you feel better? Do you feel worse?
1: Yeah. So Adam and Bob, or excuse me, Adam and Aaron have been around, I think this is their f- fourth year with the team. So they've been here as long as I have. So those guys, I'm, I'm used to seeing them. I trust both of them. Um, Adam, obviously not being in the crew chief role. He was in the crew chief role for the first time last year. Um, you know, Bob is new. Which, you know, the car chief and tire guy position are just as important as the crew chief position. Um, that shows the forty one car. They had two brand new crew guys this year, this Florida, that had never worked on race cars before in their lives. They had Clyde Knipp and I don't not, I don't remember the, the, the tire guy's name, but um, you get two new guys that work on the race car. The crew chief's the same and they struggled big time. Whether that was the engine, the car, whatever, but that uncertainty as a driver not knowing exactly if that new guy tightened a bolt or, or tightened the wheel it's it's in the back of your mind I and got you because that, yeah, your life isn't absolutely there um and and Bob Bob Curtis has worked on race cars since before I was born um one of the best car chiefs I feel like that's done it so him coming in I we hired him right after chili bowl so mid January he came in and has absolutely seamlessly fit in in the race team like rolls right in knows exactly builds wings builds wheels builds cars like doesn't even think twice about it. So I have no worries myself felt the same way with, with jet. We call him Chow. So if I say Chow, that's who that was. It's all good um, last year. So I've been very lucky to, to, you know, even, even the crew chiefs I've had before, Dylan Buswell, Bernie and Tyler Swank, you know, they're, they're not here anymore, but these guys are really, really good at what they do. I I never have ever thought twice about whether a bolt is tight or whether the guy working on the car has given, given their full input.
0: See, that's a thing a fan would never think about.
1: Oh, it means
0: something for sure. I mean, I've never sat there at Knoxville and be like, I wonder if they tighten the bolt.
1: Yep. And it, it really, like, my my dad, I feel like, probably beat that into my head more. He he asked, you know, he's a kind of a worry. Obviously, your son's in the race car, so you're going to worry about it. But, hey, are the wheels tight? Hey, did you tighten the wing? Hey, you know, are your belts... Like, dumb stuff like that where you hear it over and over and you're just, shut up, stop reminding me. But the one time you you leave a wheel loose or something stupid happens, it is my life. You yeah. know, and, and enough shit happens where... Something just breaks. Everything is tight. We didn't do anything wrong and you break a rear axle or you break a bolt or something stupid happens. Torsion stop breaks and you junk a race car for no one's fault, you know?
0: Especially I feel like I don't know about you guys, felt like the track was okay. I was watching some of these super early late model races. Yep. Where the rut. Like, I mean, it's hard for a late model just to hit a rut and go end over end, but I thought that we were going to see that a couple of times.
1: I thought the racetrack was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it seemed really good. And at East Bay, really. Um, Well, the high limit one was great last night, too. And Volusia is one of those places where first time I came there was 2021. Track was phenomenal. Dead slick to the fence. Smooth as this table. And 22, I believe, rained a whole bunch. We rained out the first two all-star shows. It was rough just they had nothing it was it was raining there was nothing they could do about the racetrack last year um track was kind of sandy wet didn't create great racing and then this year it was slick to a curb bottom like you really couldn't ask for much more and and you know people say half mile racing is this or that but there was passes for the lead every night guys went yeah. forward every night hard charges were passing 10 12 cars every night so there's not really that much to bitch about
0: it's so funny to you guys you sprint car guys
1: you sprint f- car guys, I'm a late <laughs> model guy. It's another aspect of the show that'll be fun. Yeah.
0: So I grew up where the late you wanted to mile or half mile, man. That's yeah. that's it. I feel like that's totally changed though. I, there, even with late models, like to me, like I I don't get jacked up about half miles anymore. It, it's funny how that's changed because when I was a kid, man, we didn't want those. You know eagle raceway like I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the tracks yeah, from over places. where i'm from um, but it 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 does seem like the smaller tracks are way more popular now
1: yeah i mean from a from a fan standpoint i guess that i shouldn't say doesn't know much about racing but from a newer fan standpoint you look at a, a quarter mile your your those cars are all closer you know air isn't super dependent in a small place as much as it is a half mile you know dirty air um It does create more exciting racing for a racer i think you always have a racer that prefers big tracks or small tracks excuse me um you know a guy from california is going to like a small track which is i feel like i'm kind of abnormal i like big racing big track racing um
0: sprints are different though you guys can cover so much more ground faster than a late
1: model and what i didn't realize till recently is how air dependent late models are too you know they create dirty air and you get up behind someone but um you know especially in knoxville i think jonathan davenport was talking about how bad dirty air was i think he actually called knoxville a shithole, which was kind of weird he did yeah Yeah. that got a lot of hell
0: (laughs) i believe it was our guy connor at always race day who tweeted that out yeah (laughs) the video and that's one of the highest watched videos we've ever had yeah because the knoxville people just went crazy all right let's get to it this is the question that we probably could have done like four or five off season podcasts on i love this stuff this is where i get fired up the drama the business (laughs) high limit versus the world of outlaws you decided to stay with the outlaws what went into that decision
1: a lot of things um you know like any smart race team would do like I'm, i'm sure all the race teams did that ran the outlaws they talked to both sides and and you know made the the smartest decision without bringing any you know emotional input into it and i think that's what any team team should do um like i said talk to dirt vision talk to the outlaws talk to high limit as well and you know it's hard to to go with a new series you know the unknown is a mm-hmm. big part of it this has happened twice with the usa series back in uh 89 i believe it was and then the nst and oh five6 one of those years but you know, they both failed, not saying Highland is going to fail. Very different situations for both of them. Um, you know, from what I've heard, I feel like the the USA series thing, they had literally all the badass guys. Steve Kinzer, Doug Wolfgang, Dave Blaney. I don't think Doug ran all the races, but Dave Blaney, Mark Kinzer, everyone hopped over to USA Raceway or the USA series. And again, from what I, how I take it was you had 14, 15 of the baddest guys ever. You would get no local guys to show up because they knew they couldn't compete um so it became just those guys there and the same guys winning over and over and over so no one wanted to race with it anymore it went away nst fred brownfield who started it died shortly after the year was over i might have been towards the end of the year when it was still going so that kind of dissipated um everyone kind of leads back to the outlaws Mm -hmm. and i you know me having my eyes opened a lot the last two years is the infrastructure that world racing group has built with the outlaws you know everyone thinks that the outlaws is a couple semis a couple people just organizing races which it was for a very very long time carlton ramers has been there for 150 years um you know that's how it was back in the day and i think like every successful series it's grown it's adapted with dirt vision and it's injected a lot more money into the series um i don't know again it's just kind of the unknown you know the outlaws up their perks and The last year going on the outlaws for the first time first full-time year with me third year for kcp with they did with ian a handful of years ago it's just for me my goal in life is to to win the knoxville nationals and to win a world of outlaws championship Mm -hmm. those two things mean something to me and i feel like the best chance i'm going to have to win the knoxville nationals is to run a full season with the outlaws you know when's the last time you've seen a local knoxville guy win the nationals It's been forever i don't even know the last time i really don't i don't either um i think part of that is because the knoxville nationals racetrack is different than every local show at knoxville and when you run the outlaws i think our most race track is williams grove we go there six times so six times on an 80 race schedule is not very many and it feels like we go there a million times so Mm -hmm. when you're going from weed sport to williams grove to pivley to knoxville you're not thinking about whether you're in knoxville whether you're at chico wherever you're just racing that night you know, you're racing the racetrack you're giving on that night so i think that's why you see donnie shots win you see jason johnson win brad sweet These guys don't care where they're at you really don't even have a home field advantage when the outlaws are in the town like i said when's the last time you've seen even a local knoxville guy win an outlaw show in knoxville you don't see it very often brent marks won a race last year so a pa guy that's been on the outlaws wins wins an outlaw show at knoxville so kind of getting off topic but do you consider brown like you see a local, one hundred percent. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, I, he's definitely the but most. But he's competitive. always around, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah, he runs everywhere. I mean, he yeah. was in Florida. He goes to Pennsylvania yeah. and stuff. But Brownie has definitely been the most competitive guy that stays around Knoxville. And his his business model with his race team is is amazing. With Casey's and FVP, you know, he's built a a one hundred percent profitable race team, which is all of our goals. Um, he's had Casey's on board for a long time, FEP as well. So what he's built, he races at racetracks that make sense for his partners you know he races Knoxville every weekend where I'm sure people from Casey's can go watch everyone recognizes Casey's cases are freaking everywhere yeah um I think right across the street yeah he wakes up with a pizza and a coffee in his hand which is great from Casey's like he he knows how to how to do it and take care of sponsors so I think for for our race team um the partners we have realistically it would probably make more sense for us to be a local Knoxville team because our sponsors could show up almost every one of our sponsors are based in, in Iowa around the Des Moines area um, not many are outside that area. So for them to be able to watch us every weekend would, would really probably make more sense. But for them, they understand that we want to compete at the highest level of sprint car racing. And for me, as a driver, for our team, you know, we're not going to take weekends off throughout the year. We're going to race every single time there's a chance. And with the Outlaws, yeah, the exclusivity thing is, is sucks sometimes when you want to go race East Bay or race Golden Isles. But at the same time, we've run a true Outlaw schedule. And a true Outlaw schedule where you can race wherever you want wears you out way more than the Outlaw schedule because wednesday say today we're sitting here in our shop you can go to knoxville you can race eldora you can race in ohio you can race in pennsylvania there's four realistic options you can go run on a wednesday uh looks like rain here looks like rain there i don't know about this track you don't know where you're going on a thursday so my guys either have to load up and go nine hours to, to ohio or they're going 45 minutes up the road in in knoxville or they're going an hour and a half west to, to eagle just that point of not knowing where you're going. And then you talk to a series, hey, I'll talk to all hey, I'm going to get tow money and pit passes to go race here. it eh, looks like rain. So do I commit to going somewhere where I know it's going to rain or go somewhere else? It just, it, it wears the guys out way more, not knowing where you're going, which again, is part of the reason we went on the Outlaws last year is just having that that schedule. Like, you know exactly yeah. where you're going to go. And part of it is, you know, last year, Wednesday, you know, at the, the April Outlaw show, they cancel on Wednesday. I'm not racing anywhere else on that weekend, partly because I can't and there is no other racing so I can fly home. I can have somewhat of a life outside racing because the races are done. When those races get canceled, you're not racing anywhere else, which sounds dumb because I want to race, but sometimes it's kind of nice. You know? Yeah,
0: especially in the (coughs) grind when when you're driving, you guys aren't in helicopters and jets like the like the NASCAR guys. (laughs) Definitely not. Is there animosity amongst drivers like do you when the high limit guys show up or because it's been a really con- it feels contentious at least
1: um for me no from um, the
0: business side at least but how do the drivers how are they handled
1: you know honestly i kind of have the attitude of i hate everybody um I, I, don't, like that. I don't care who it is on the racetrack you know obviously i don't hate everybody but you know if it's brad sweet if it's david gravel if it's Donnie shots, i don't really care who's in front of me i want to pass him mm-hmm. um you know brad has put himself in position do i agree with some of the decisions he made probably not do i know all the details of all the decisions he made absolutely not i don't know the the closed door conversations he's had with high limit and getting this whole thing started you know from the outside looking in this guy's won five outlaw championships in a row and then goes and makes his own series you know again i don't know any of the details very very little of them i not judging the guy for doing what he did you know he's trying to better himself and he's looking definitely towards the future of racing for me I'm 22 years old. I only care about winning races. I don't care if my grandma promotes a race. I want to win that race. I don't, I don't really care. I'm not super into the, you know, promoting side of it. I want to win races. I feel like the only thing I need to worry about right now is if my team is successful.
0: Yeah. The, the thing I don't like about it. And this comes back to my late model past is is make fun of me and like late model guys. Cause we're obsessed with car counts right it's a yeah. big deal when you yeah, go to was, a late model like yep yeah. it was you go to a sprint race in the past and nobody ever talks about car counts yeah it doesn't matter because it's the outlaws and you knew who's going to be there yeah if it was the all-stars a little bit different right because you're getting some regional guys and all that but like the, the thing i've always hated about late model racing is i don't always get to see the good guys go against each other Yep. Yeah. and i've always thought that was an edge that sprints had where it's like man if i'm going to an outlaw show every guy i want to watch is going to be there and are you guys worried about this at all um or is it just hey it's better for the sport to have more events and we're spread out now and people have more options
1: i mean the way i look at it brian carter said something that really kind of hit me was he's worried about confusing fans and i guess what i took from that is Last year, I won the first high limit show of the year at Lakeside. I think I think it was the first one. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm leading the points after one race, twelve race series. Next one, I don't show up at because I can only race four Outlaws. We all know the reason. Yeah, but for the average fan, Gio won the first high limit race. He's leading the points. Why is he not at the second one? This makes no sense to me. So someone tweets me, "Hey, whatever." So I tweeted a picture of my feet on the couch, saying, "I'm at home. I'm in Fresno. You know, not we got rained out or whatever happened." Doesn't make sense to the average fan. Okay, why can't Geo race? Well, I can't because the outlaws don't let me. Well, that's bullshit. Why don't the outlaws let you? Okay, well, hang on. We get paid to show up with the outlaws. Yeah. We get paid tow money. We get pay passes. So we're contracted to run only outlaw shows. We can only go to four other races. So am I going to choose to go to Podunk, Louisiana for a high limit show, or am I going to go to Lakeside that's three hours from my shop, pays $50,000 to win where I've already won an outlaw show at? Makes sense to go to Lakeside, right? Yeah. So it just... For the average fan that doesn't know the ins and outs and what we can and can't do, you know, the outlaws look like this freaking Nazi Germany can't do nothing. You got to race with us. Don't go anywhere <laughs> yeah. else. But like when you read through the, the platinum agreement, it really does make sense. I mean, the World of Outlaws series was started with exclusivity. If you want to see Steve Kinzer, if you want to see Sammy Swindell Donnie shots, you have to come to an outlaw show because what stops chris williams from promoting a show at eagle nebraska on a wednesday when the outlaws yeah. are going to knoxville saturday for fifty thousand dollars win doesn't have to pay a sanction fee all the outlaws would go there so the outlaws all they're trying to do is protect their brand with this exclusivity absolutely yeah and again not saying it was the right thing wrong thing whatever with high limit they've started a, a legitimate series there's no doubt about that they have a real following a real you know i think 17 or 18 guys have signed up full-time it just back to your question. Does it matter who I'm racing? No, there's zero animosity towards Brad sweet. I'm not going to race him any differently, whether he starts, whatever series, whether he goes in golf, I don't care what he does. You know, for me, it's just another car to pass.
0: Is there a void now in sprint car racing? Again, I'm going off of late models. It feels like we have so many more like regional series in the late model world than. And I always thought that the all-stars kind of filled that void. I mean, where are those guys all going to race now? Are they just hanging out in Pennsylvania and Ohio or, you know, is that a void in this sport now? 100%. Okay.
1: Um, you know, the all-stars had probably a third of their schedule, if not more in Ohio and Pennsylvania Yeah. high limit has four races in PA in Ohio, two, three, five, not very many single digits for sure. Well, that's what I am just wondering, like, what are all those guys gonna do? So again, from what I've understood, correct me if I'm wrong, the fast series, which was a, a regional series in Ohio, um, Fremont Attica sprint tour. I think is what it's called an AFCS. Those, those races, those series are going to expand a little bit throughout Ohio throughout Pennsylvania. And, and some of them will turn into track championships like just the Williams Grove track championship, their local series. They run Lincoln, Port Royal, but like obviously the all-star or the, excuse me, all-stars, the high limit took up the Wiker race, which was a big paying race in Port Royal Tusky 50 as well. So, you know, you know, I've never raced locally in Pennsylvania, so I don't, I don't know what those guys are thinking. I know there was a lot of pushback when the High Limit put their schedule out because the All Stars, whether it's successful or not, they were the oldest running continuous sprint car series, yeah. touring sprint car series in the United States. 1970s when they started, so I don't know.
0: Maybe I'm old school.
1: Yeah, I don't. Just, I don't know what happens to those guys that raced locally that ran the All Stars. I mean, a lot of them have jumped over to High Limit, but I can promise you, it's going to cost way more money to drive cross country to the West Coast. To, than it was to race the outlaws, or than it was to race the all stars, being regionally just the East Coast. There's no question. Yeah,
0: you'd almost be better just picking and choosing local shows, and then just running around and hitting the outlaws when you guys are out there. I mean, I, I again, like it just—I know what it's done for me as a late model fan, and yeah. I hope—I <laughs> I really hope that the the power brokers in sprint car racing have, have thought through that aspect of it.
1: I mean, in my opinion, we probably have two to three golden years of sprint car racing with both these series existing one of them is going to fail one of them is going to succeed one so. of them there, there has to be an a and b series not saying all stars was a b series a national touring series and a an regionally touring series
0: that's my other thing too like is there enough sponsorship money to and we're also in this new era with streaming so all these people are watching these races all over the country we used to never be able to watch the races in florida it would like tnn would maybe air one or two of them yeah. later on so there's going to be more sponsorship money but I I I, and I don't know enough about the Charter system with with High Limit I don't know enough about this stuff but I just we don't have enough big national sponsors in this sport to to validate it for more than two or three years in my opinion we'll see and hopefully streaming with flow and Dirt Vision and all that stuff hopefully it continues to grow. And then we can get some bigger, more national sponsors to to put it up, put up the bill.
1: I think that's you know the right way of looking at it. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like a little bit of NHRA kind of segueing into them. They're looking at how do we make the top fuel cars cheaper to run? We got to make them less expensive. How about you bring more sponsorship to the series and pay these guys more money? You know, with the outlaws, they're only getting, sprint cars are only getting more expensive to run. Wages are going up, diesel's more expensive, hotels are more expensive. Let's bring more money into the sport, pay guys more money to race. Mm-hmm. It's simple. You don't need to cheapen the race cars. It's not, not a good idea to me. You know, you. know excuse me shipping with like you said streaming i mean there's it
0: should there should be money coming in eventually with the streaming
1: thing and i mean i believe the point fund for the outlaws is 1.9 million dollars it's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to win the points obviously it's nowhere near what it costs to run but i mean i I can tell you very you know confidently what it costs us to race race for a year and your winnings are absolutely never going to offset what you pay unless you win the million like like logan shoehart did that's the only time but you know a great year is winning Three, four, five hundred grand a year, which is awesome, and it's not even half of what you spend. Which is why you have sponsorship. You know that stuff makes up for a lot of it. But you know, winnings has never been able to pay your way racing. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, Brent Marks won two hundred seventy five thousand dollars in two nights at Eldora. I promise you, there's nowhere near what he spends a year. What What a full time outlaw caliber team spends a year. There's no way.
0: So you're making money based on your your guarantees with the outlaws merch.
1: So yeah, essentially, you know, everyone has their, you know, different ways of looking or different ways of giving things. You know, some of the drivers own their merch, some team owns their merch. They all have different things. But um you know the way I look at it is it's it's cost what it costs. I just I don't know. I don't, I don't see how it can be any different with high limit than the outlaws, you know, racing because essentially the, the, the schedules, yeah, it's 20, 30 less races. They, they go to the same places. They both go to California. They both go to Pennsylvania. They both race all across the country, you know, go to Texas. It's, it's no different to me.
0: So this, um, th- this upcoming, so like you, you think that whatever we're doing right now is going to be the case for a little bit we need to wait and there's not going to be like a winner or loser no, at the end of this year
1: i don't think so i yeah. think you got to let highland get on its feet you know yeah. they're doing a lot of different things with format with you know <clears throat> the the way the race goes I'll, I'll, you know it's still a sprint car it's still this kind of the same shit. but like i said the format's much different how many guys stay on the series the whole year um 17 cars is a lot of race cars i believe it's 17 are signed on full-time outlaws haven't had that many cars since i can even remember It's always the mean 15. 15 was the most cars they ever had. I believe there's 13 signed on full-time with the outlaws. So really to have that many cars travel all the way to California towards the end of the year in September, guys are going to blow up engines. Guys are going to burn up their provisionals. If You're sitting 12th or 13th in points, even for an outlaw team. doesn't really make sense to keep going.
0: That's where I don't understand the charter thing at this level.
1: Honestly, I don't either. Okay. Um, t- to me, you...
0: Because g- there's not just this demand to get into it like you have at NASCAR where these charters are going for millions of dollars because of the TV ratings going up and there's all these national sponsors involved. Like I, maybe it's just very forward thinking and Brad and Kyle will be right on this. I just, I'm, I'm having a hard time grasping
1: it. And back to your question with the reason we didn't choose high limit, you know, Hey, when we first spoke to Brad, it was at world finals. So they had not announced his charter system yet. So it was, Hey, we could have this charter system. It was kind of, okay, how much is it going to be? We don't know. What is it going to be put in place? We don't know. It's like, well, You got a lot of uncertainties for us when I know exactly what I'm getting with the world of outlaws. Is it enough? However you want to look at it, whatever. But I know what I'm getting with the outlaws. I can budget towards the outlaws. They upped our tow money. You know, they give us pit passes. They give us more perks. They've upped their nightly purse. I know exactly what I'm getting. I know what the outlaws is, you know?
0: How does it work? I can tell you as a fan... I've watched Brad and Kyle both win a million races and they've put on good shows and it's, as a fan, I'm sitting in the stands. I don't really care. It's just, I just want a good race. If you're the owners of a series and you win two thirds of the races and all that purse money, does that, I don't think it's rigged. not saying that, like, does that get weird for drivers when the, when your bosses are winning all the money?
1: I mean, I can tell you for me personally, if I were to run high limit, <clears throat> I get my ass kicked by Kyle and and Brad in the points. You know, I'm gonna look at how can how can I beat these guys? Not well, pff, the guy that owns a series is beating me, but yeah. to your point, you know, like you said, there there is absolutely zero bias. There's zero cheating. They're not winning. It's because they're own series. They're winning because they're the best cars. Yeah, they're the best. Exactly. Brad and Kyle just having me the two fastest cars in the racetrack. You know, <clears throat> and obviously Tyler Courtney, Rico Abreu, these guys are gonna give them a run for their money for the points. No, no doubt. You know, Brent Mark same way a lot of good cars that could legitimately win the championship but there's a reason brad sweet's won the last five outlaw championships in a row versus donnie shots versus david gravel it's not because he just lucked into it you know it's because he's the best car in the country been the best car in the country so i don't know i feel like for the average fan again even for the the 12 race series it's like oh well kyle kyle won it's his own series you know and and again he was the best car he he was the he's the best driver in the world right now so and he's the one who's Bringing in a ton of audience. Yeah, you know. for sure he is. I mean, his t mm-hmm. trailers lined up out the door there to see Kyle Larson, which is great. That's awesome. That's why that series is successful right now. But again, when that happens over and over and over, and, and like you said, they're winning all these big purses, it doesn't doesn't look great again. And that's a little bit where I feel like there's kind of animosity towards the world of outlaws is there is zero. There hasn't organization completely separate from the racers do they talk yes do they agree on stuff do they disagree on stuff yes but you know geo Selzy isn't in the in the t-shirt or in the outlaw command center bullshitting with old mate because he's his buddy you know Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work that way i respect all those guys they're very professional about their jobs if i'm gonna go in there and and bitch at carlton ramers he's gonna say get out of my trailer it just doesn't work that way you know so and, and there's a good dialogue between us and the outlaws i feel like if i have a a question or an opinion or something, they're gonna to list to it and say, Well, yeah, okay, stupid, you know, or yeah, all right, no worries, we'll think about it. But that's the idea you have to have. If I'm if I have a problem with the series and I'm gonna go bitch at Brad Sweet, who I just raced against, I have a moral Yeah. Hey, absolutely. And again, it's, like it is you know it's wild. It, it's hard it's but, wild to so me. Mike Hess, who was the the head official for the Outlaws, left to go to high limit, which was huge. <clears throat> left end of last year which was a big void for the outlaws. They had some some working to get through and they, they got through it. We're, we're doing good now, I feel like, but Mike Hess was there for eight years, was a huge part of the series, huge part in decision-making and and having that that voice on the radio. I think Mike has done a great job. I think he will do an incredible job like he has been with with High Limit. He's great at organization and he's a guy that, you know, you can come bitch to them and he'll say, I don't care what you think, this is the decision we made and this is why. So I think having him there will help that void between you're probably not going to go bitch at brad sweet about something that happened you're going to go to mike or go to the people that, he's put in place yeah because you know? it's a guy you know but again it's it's always you know kind of in the back of your mind when when a guy that owns a series involved in management whatever you want to call it is is racing against you beating you you know well, the other uh, yeah
0: that's the other interesting aspect of this is how many of these like you know robin the announcers now there and there's all these people who were with the outlaws who are now over there and yep. It's It's got this real like Business Wars vibe to it.
1: And man, that that's again where I have a, not a, I wouldn't call it a problem, but you guys have an issue with, you don't like the way the Outlaws business model is, you know, but you've tried to hire and you have hired most of the guys from the world of Outlaws. You know, Mike S, Chase Rodman, Tony Laporta, you know <clears throat> those guys. Yeah, they're just announcers, but they're still people from the world of Outlaws, and those guys are bettering their careers. You can't, yeah. can't, complain. You know, Chase Robin went from an infield announcer to a to a lead announcer.
0: He's the play-by-play guy. Yeah, yeah, so he
1: went up. You know, and I think Tony didn't want to do the videography stuff he was doing at the Outlaws, so he got to be an infield announcer. So that's what he wants to do. Mike Hess, obviously being somewhere eight years is a long time. He wanted to make a change and, and go to Highland, which good on him. You know, he made a good decision. If that's what he wants to do, great, great. But you know, a sprint car race is a sprint car race. You can. Make everyone race with their eyes closed, or race with one hand behind their back, but it's still a sprint car race. You know, once they get under green and once all the the Twitter bullshit and riffraff goes away, we're all just racing each other. You know, like the Outlaw races, everybody was still there. That's why that race is so good, Evolution. Why it's so tough, same as World Finals, because everybody is there. You're missing no one.
0: Fascinating stuff. This will be a storyline that we'll tackle all year. I know you're not a huge NASCAR guy, but the Daytona 500 is coming up this weekend, and does it when you're down in Florida during speed weeks and you guys go back in in March this i've heard a lot of people down there say it doesn't feel like it did 10 years ago or something it's probably cuz the clash isn't there they don't have their their opening race I, it almost feels to me like you guys have really closed in on them not in popularity but just If I were to go down into Florida in February, I would go and do the dirt thing and then just go watch Daytona at home. Now I know I think they're going to be sold out (laughs) on, I think they're going to be sold out on Sunday. But since you've been going down there, does it feel different? Like the whole Speed Weeks thing or?
1: You know, the first time I kind of figured out what Speed Weeks was, was when I came down there in 2020 to race the ARCA races at New Smyrna. I didn't realize that, it's literally speed weeks. I mean, there's damn near over a month of racing. Yeah, it's on, crazy. It's late yeah. models, sprint cars, late models, or, you know, late models, modified sprint cars, NASCAR, you know, pavement, late models, all kinds of stuff. So <clears throat> there's just a shitload of people there all the time, it seems like. I mean, there was nothing going on really early in the week when I got there on Sunday, Monday, and I stayed right by the big speedway and there's traffic constantly. So obviously it's a really popular area, but, you know, the, the attraction that that speedway makes, and even for bike week, I mean, good God, last year there for bike week, it was insane. I mean, the people in the stands. It's just, I feel like, you know, so many things go on, and how many people the the five hundred draws is is great for us to be part of speed weeks. I feel like kind of we lead it off, sort of like their Feels their car like stuff it. is is early yeah. in, in speed yeah. weeks, but you know, ending that in kind of, the twenty four, exactly, yep, yeah. with the Rolex twenty four, but yeah, it's um definitely a lot of shit going on around. That. I, do you? There's talk and, now, and Bradenton with the drag races, yeah, you know, with the flow thing. Yeah. I mean, that's new this year, and, and it's two hours away
0: there's talk now because they've had this the nascar clash at the coliseum in la a few years and it was really cool the first year the second year was all right and then or wait this was the second year it was just kind of okay whatever there's talk now of potentially moving it back to daytona um i i guess my where i'm going is to have the plate racing conversation i understand it i understand that it's a skill i don't think it's just luck You know that ryan blaney's always at the front and Bubba wallace yeah yeah stenhouse won the daytona 500 last year do you like it you Um, like watching it because i don't i don't really care for it i hate the fact that the biggest race is one that generally like you could have the best car and we can totally um just because a guy wrecks in front of you i don't i don't know you know where i'm going is this is this your cup of tea this weekend
1: (sighs) i mean I don't know. I feel like it's, it's part of it. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it kind of seems like you're asking a driver, you know, Hey, do you like the chase format? I could love it or hate it, but it is what it is. The biggest race of the year for them is at Daytona. It's a restrictor plate race. It's on a two and a half mile racetrack. You got to be good at it. You know, if you want to win the 500, you got to win at Daytona. It just
0: <laughs> doesn't feel as big as it did when I was a kid. And I think NASCAR's gotten a lot bigger, Yep. but this race to me, doesn't feel as prestigious because of the crazy amount of borderline luck involved
1: you know i kind of feel like it's it's similar to knoxville you know you got guys that oh my god i hate going a half miles or guys like me where it's like oh i'm ready i could not want a better racetrack for the biggest race of the year to be at i'm sure Stenhouse feels that way he probably licks his lips going to going to daytona yes Mm -hmm. there's luck involved yes there's not crashing like there is in in sprint car race or in, in nascar racing but at the same time there's guys that are good at that. guys that aren't so I yeah, think if you're no gonna doubt. if you're gonna bitch about it as a driver, then figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't even know what the answer is. I just like as a fan,
0: I and maybe this is just because I'm older. Yeah, I have kids now. I you know I don't sit around and watch every minute of practice like I used to. Yeah,
1: but look at look at the the way NASCAR racing has changed over the last 15 years. You know, kind of started with the chase. Hey, this is a whole new thing. You know, essentially your points don't really matter unless you get in the chase. Yeah. then it all resets and then now stage racing so i would be curious to talk to a crew chief or a driver even that's lived through all of it like a denny hamlin or a kevin harvick how you know those guys do they like to the chase do they don't like to chase do they like stage racing because i mean really if you're racing to 100 laps or whatever it is completely and you know there's going to be a yellow there's no green to checker races anymore there's very rarely green green flag pit stops so i don't know i think it definitely changes the whole dynamic of of how nascar racing has changed over the last 15 years you but
0: know? if they if they move the clash which by the way i'm done i'm over the la thing like <laughs> we don't need to be doing that uh which again it's cool but i, I like the idea of taking it to these you know maybe the, where where's the, where do they run the arca you, you're res- yep. these small tracks in in florida <laughs> and then you keep the florida speed weeks vibe like, I would much rather see that than go to the big two and a half for a, a race. Because the, the clash used to mean something. Yeah, for sure. Because those guys weren't all rich. Yep, I agree. They'd have they oh, we got 500K on the line. I'm going to wreck this guy, right. right? Like, it meant something. Right. They would fight over this race because the money was a big, it would determine if you were going to eat steak or if you're going to eat ramen, yep. right?
1: And, I mean, you know, you look at, like you say, LA has kind of lost some of the excitement. This is the second year I think I've done it. Yeah. First year, oh, my God, it was the coolest thing ever. They're racing in the Coliseum. They're paving this racetrack. This is great. Yeah. But racing has never really been that good because it's just kind of, you know, there's no banking so you got to run around the bottom small place kind of like martinsville but you know it's, it's similar what i'm thinking is is a bristol with a sprint car dude we're, you know obviously it was big but we're going to bristol this is badass a bunch of people second year it's kind of like okay well the racing wasn't that good last year exactly i went i saw it it was cool and then they don't do it again you know they did it 20 years ago and stuff like that like the st louis midgets there you know they the late model thing still kills it the indoor thing but just okay, It was there one year. Next year, it's like, oh, God, this kind of sucks. Like, Chili Bowl has definitely lost none of its muster. Look at that race. You know, it's yeah. awesome. Nothing's going on. No, it's different. But, you know, the LA thing is like, like I said, the racing's not great. You know, moving it back to Daytona, or like you said, somewhere else, I feel like it would make a little bit more sense.
0: Dirt promoters have told me that they'll do it. They do this often where they'll run a special for a couple of years, and then they'll take two years off. Yeah.
1: I mean, it fires up the crowd to come back the next time. Yep. So, who knows? It's all hearsay, but... Back 100 years ago, probably close to 100 years ago, probably 75 years ago, they had a race in the Milton Hershey football stadium. They put a dirt track there, ran sprint cars there a long, long time ago, probably the 40s and 50s. And they Milton Hershey has become a big sponsor of the Outlaws, and they're talking about maybe bringing something back, which I've never got the chance to race. A cool kind of one-off setting like that. Bristol was cool, but somewhere where they put dirt or make their own racetrack, you know, sometimes a, like Nashville. You know the the surface wasn't good by any means but it was so cool it was nashville it was inside a pavement track it was all, all the all the things that needed to be cool i think i did it i think i only did it one one year but something like that is like whoa this is awesome let's go do it and then the racing's not great you kill it the first year it's like okay we're going to take off for a couple of years maybe do it somewhere else or do it at the same place again but make people want it to come back you know yeah i i do again i just i hope they don't take the clash back
0: there I, they need to keep the clash but they need to make it th- those guys are not going to press it on that track for 50 laps right. because they're all rich. Like again, it's <laughs> it just like, it doesn't make sense. Like it did 25, 30 years ago that will just go away with the thing. I don't right. know. But personally, I, I couldn't, I couldn't care less, but there's this thought in racing that you've got to have the clash to get speed weeks rolling. And right. I, I don't really buy that anymore. Now that we can watch you guys, you know we've got a lot of other stuff, all the on. late model stuff going on. It's like I can't even keep up with the amount of racing that's going on right, right. now. All right, will you watch the five hundred? Uh, like, do you tune into that? No,
1: i I watch the beginning of it, sleep through most of it, yeah. and then watch the rest. True of NASCAR kind of, fan, yeah, sure, right yep, yep.
0: So you guys are back on the road March third.
1: Is that right? Yep. So nothing we'll before then? Nothing. So we'll just hang out. Um. Obviously, Florida went pretty smooth for us. Didn't yeah, you don't have. To, you didn't destroy anything. No, it was good. It yeah. went well, no motors or, or junk. No cars or junk. Um. Ran two different engines. Which both of them ran really good, which is a plus for us too. So pretty easy. Uh, Their boys got back last night, so did I. So they're working, servicing, and kind of business as usual.
0: All right. I want you guys to listen to us if you like the show. Subscribe to us here on the podcast, wherever you're listening to your podcast, it should be up everywhere by now. And then go to the YouTube page for always race day, where you can watch the video again. This will be more, we'll have more video in the future today. It was just Gio and I sitting here talking, we are going to have highlights and all that cool stuff that we'll be playing. Excuse me in the future. Also, if you're watching and you want to sponsor the show, that would be kind of (laughs) cool. We're looking for, we're looking for some of those. And go
1: out and buy yourself uh, do you have your new merch out yet? Yep, GLCelzy Another thing that's cool is we're doing the ultimate fan experience. So I don't know if you saw what we done on Twitter. I've I've heard that you're doing this, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> so it's honestly kind of insane. I can't believe we actually are doing it. Um
0: does that mean somebody gets to drive the car?
1: Yeah, it's correct. Oh, shit, so you really? better get entered. Um I got it. Can I win? Absolutely. You can oh, okay. completely random. You guys okay. go to the as anybody else. Okay. So what we did was before I drove the car, when Ian drove the car they put four of their race our race cars together put bigger seats in them and let all of our main sponsors drive them around knoxville so obviously everyone was was over the moon coolest thing i've ever done because watching a, a, a it's like watching football whatever man that's easy then when you get in the car you're like how'd i do and you're doing like 20 miles an hour on the bottom so um it is. It's free to enter. Um, each person gets one free entry tied to your email. So if you want to get more entries, you buy merchandise. Every piece of merchandise you buy online gets another entry for you. So essentially, what it is for the June show in in Knoxville, um, Sunday is a NASCAR race in Newton. So you'll yep. get airfare for you, um, tickets to the races Friday Saturday um kind of an hour hour and a half long course what you're doing how to start it all that's going to be a sweet weekend it's going to be awesome so the outlaws are actually helping us promote it um they've done a lot of the groundwork with us made a little bit little commercial for it um it's cool i just think you know as many the the raffle thing i think has become really big with with wing panels with gloves with helmets whatever and and i you know matt is the one that kind of thought of the idea was why don't we do a raffle you know call a raffle drawing whatever for for someone to drive the sprint car because you know every every guy every fan ever wants to drive a four ten sprint car. So Damn like right I said, I do. you know the the drawing closes May first, which gives us a month to get a seat that fits you or whoever. If they might be my size, um, you know, flying to the races that morning of the NASCAR race. Hopefully, have some people from you know media people from NASCAR, whoever, everyone's open to come to to hang out and watch. So I'm excited for it. It's gonna be cool to to see someone you know drive a sprint car for the first time. It's gonna be awesome. I've got a
0: camping spot at Iowa, and I'm already debating. I'm out in turn three, and probably going to have to get down to Knoxville on Friday, Saturday. Yep, I've already definitely. got the whole, I've already got the whole weekend plan. All right. Uh, go and do that. And real quick, are you coming out with a new diecast
1: with the blue car? Absolutely. They're ordered. So oh, perfect. should be here late May, early June. Not 100% sure. Normally, take about six months to get. So we got more coming for sure. Okay. So we'll have two sitting there. Sweet.
0: That'll be awesome. Geo. <laughs> thanks, man. I hope you have yep. fun. Thank you. This Appreciate is a uh, start of something really cool. Thanks to Aiden Wyatt for hanging out with us here. And uh, again, like subscribe uh leave a comment do all that good stuff that helps us build this thing up we appreciate it we'll see you next time here on Celzi he says